so young, you know, he, and he was so strong. Uh, he had such a strong mentality and just, he was superhuman to us. We knew that he was coming home. We, we knew it. Welcome to What Do You Know, a new series on the Morristown Green podcast where we'll ask our neighbors to share what life has taught them. On this episode, as we mark the one-year anniversary of a pandemic that has killed half a million Americans, we'll remember one of them. Hi, I'm Kevin Coughlin of MorristownGreen.com. Thanks for tuning in. Forty-three-year-old Darrell Johnson seemed to be everywhere in Morristown. The father of four worked at the high school. He worked at the hospital. He was a bouncer at two bars. One day in March 2020, he started coughing. As Darrell fought for his life against a strange new virus, his whole family got sick too. Caitlin Wubsey learned a lot from her dad, and she learned a lot from COVID. Here is her story. We're speaking now in March of 2021. It's been a year since the the pandemic hit everybody. What has the the last year been like for you? It was a really tough year, um, early March of last year. Um, you know, I was finishing my senior year of college. I remember getting that email saying that all the all the classes would be held remotely and permanently. And I I I loved school in my life, so to hear that, I was pretty devastated. I went to Montclair State, by the way. I loved it there. It was very unreal, and it was just crazy to think that like the world had taken like a ninety degree turn out of nowhere. But like like life is. I mean, we just have to you know roll with the punches and keep going. That's really just how I guess you can say me and my family have been throughout this whole year. Just keep going and trying to stay strong and um, do what we can to be here for one another. So, how soon uh, after the lockdowns? Did you get word that your dad, Darrell Johnson, wasn't doing well? It was late March, around like March 25th or 23rd. It was that weekend where he had been feeling very ill. My siblings had come home from spending their weekend with their dad, with our dad, and he wasn't answering his phone. My mom texted him and she waited an hour or whatever, and then she called him, no response, and then my little sister had mentioned, oh, yeah, daddy's been really sick all weekend. You know, he was coughing a lot and he's been in bed. We had to get him a couple cups of water. So my mom right away, she was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's not very good. So she got into gear and uh, like she suited up and put like a headband over her mouth. She had like a mask. At this point, it was before anybody was wearing masks. So she walked into a quick check, I believe. People looked at her like she was crazy because she had a mask on now and it's nothing out of the ordinary but back then it was crazy last march your parents tell us about their relationship my parents i mean they got married when i was nine uh my brother uh was one so my parents first got together when i was i think around three or four and then they got married when i was nine they were like they were best friends and you know, they ended up getting a divorce when I was a junior in high school. They remained friends after that, um, and, and they had kids. I mean, they needed to be a part of, their, you know, each other's lives in, in some way, even though had, they had disagreements and stuff. 
and we would go out for dinner and stuff as a family. And we were just a big, happy family still at the end of the day. Before your dad got sick, what kind of a guy was your dad? And uh, tell us about him. He was always athletic towards the end of his life, or even, I guess, in college, you know, he started packing on the weight. But he was incredibly athletic even after, you know, gaining a little bit of weight. But he was tiny when he was in high school. But he ran track. He played football. He earned his varsity letter at Morristown High School and his track letter. It's funny because I remember just being a kid and trying to race him. And even in high school, like me and him, I'd be like, all right, Dad, let's see who's got more speed. So, but my dad would beat me every time because he, he, for somebody who's athletic, you never lose that ability, I guess. So your mom, she, she masks up and she goes in there. Uh, she obviously figured something wasn't quite right. Yeah. She went into his apartment and sure enough, you know, she brought her thermometer and he had a fever. He could barely breathe. So she brought him to the hospital and he stayed overnight. And that next day, uh, Monday morning, he gave us a call saying that, you know, they were going to keep him there and they were going to put him on a ventilator and stuff. Um, and he was tested for COVID and pneumonia and stuff the night before. It came back positive. So um, we were able to talk to him right then and there, which was really nice. But we had no idea that would be the very last time that we would be speaking to our dad. Do you remember that last conversation? Yeah. My mom sat us down and she said that we were going to get a call from my dad within the next few minutes. And yeah, he called. At that moment, I wish he had a, an iPhone. I wish we were able to FaceTime, but um, he has an Android. So he uh, gave us a call and he told us, you know, the news that he'd be staying overnight. And it just seemed like, you know, okay, we're, we're going to see him very soon. But uh, yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was tough. I, we didn't say very much, you know, I just said, all right, daddy, love you. And, um, you're going to be all right. Cause I mean, we had just, he, he, he told us that he was going on a ventilator. So, um, it was a lot to take in. So we didn't know exactly what to say at first. And yeah, we just still thought that he was going to be coming home at that moment. Like it, we didn't really have to say goodbye forever. He, he was so young, you know, he, and he was so strong uh, he had such a strong mentality and just, he was superhuman to us. We knew that he was coming home. We we knew it. And then how long was he in the hospital? Uh, 26 days. Uh, he fought on the ventilator for, I think, like 25 days. So, yeah. And were you allowed to FaceTime with your dad at that point? Yeah, yeah. He was heavily sedate, sedated. But uh, we were able to get a couple of FaceTime calls, which was really nice. The nurse put us on, and uh, we were able to see him. And everything I felt in that moment, I remember. And What were you feeling? Just to see him again. Uh, it, my heart just was... I don't... I was weak. I felt very weak, like, my physically, like... Um, my legs a little bit were a little weak, cause, but my heart was very happy because I was seeing him finally after not had 
see, you know, seeing him after a couple weeks. Cause by that point it was, I think two weeks in, I, I said, Hey daddy, you got this. You're a fighter. You got this. Um, we'll see you very soon. And my little sister, Macy, she was like, all right, daddy, I love you. Miss you. And you know, my brother, AJ and Emma said a few things and my mom was like, all right, Darrell, you got this. Come on. We want you home. All right. Cause you know, two weeks in we're, we're sitting here thinking to ourselves, wow, it's, it's been two weeks. So is there, we were just hoping there was no doubt in our mind that he was coming home. Really? Was he able to acknowledge that you were talking to him? No, no. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things that's, it's really hard to, um, really come to terms with is that it was during a time where there were so many restrictions. And then that, at that point, it was just like, we were grieving in a way because we were grieving. Our dad was in not so great condition and not being able to be there. We we were very um, broken. And you were all dealing with COVID yourselves, were you not? Yeah, shortly after my dad um, went to the hospital, my brother got it. He was battling it for, I think, about a week. It just kind of just all blends together. But Macy got it then, and then Emma got it, and then me and my mom had gotten it at the same time. How were you dealing with all this at once? Oh, yeah, that's one heck of a question. We didn't know much about this whole virus. I mean, collectively— it was a pandemic and nobody really, you know, everybody in the United States, whoever got it, they were just hoping and praying, you know, they wouldn't end up in the hospital. I was in bed. My mom was in bed a lot for a lot of it. It wasn't as bad as my dad or, you know, every, you know, the people that lost their lives and stuff due to the, due to COVID. So we're very thankful for that, but it was hard. It, it sucked. Who, who had it the worst of your brothers and sisters and your mom? My mom had it the worst, actually. Uh, my sister, Emma, she lost her sense of taste and smell, and I think she had some headaches and stuff. I had really bad back aches, but I was so fatigued, tired, and um, back aches. My brother had a cough um, and a fever. So we all had, like, a different range of symptoms, but my mom had quite a few. Do any of you have lingering symptoms? For a while, I honestly, I couldn't really decipher whether it was the COVID or the grief, you know, after my dad passed, because I was very fatigued all the time and a little unmotivated to do things that I normally wanted to do. And it didn't feel very different from when I was sick. And I was just very confused about that. Now, you are a volunteer firefighter. Were you able to continue doing that? Uh, no, at the time, due to the restrictions and everything, um, they'd rather not have all the guys come down to the firehouse and, you know, they shut the training down and everything. Do you ever think about where your dad may have caught COVID? I mean, he worked a lot of jobs. Uh, he worked for the Morris School District, for the high school guidance department. Uh, he was a bouncer at Morristown Grasshopper and Tavern off the green. And he was also a transporter at Morristown Medical Center. That's a busy guy. Yeah, he got around quite a bit. A couple of the guys had, you know, he had known from bouncing, had gotten it. 
so I mean, it could have been one of the bars or really any 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 place that he went. But he was a, a real people person, right? Yeah, yeah. His energy that he gave off, like, is very um, magnetic. So your dad, you know, is sick for he's in the hospital for twenty six days, and every member of the family is battling COVID at the same time. Uh, then you lose your dad. Where did you all turn for strength to keep going? We're so fortunate to be able to have such a supportive group of people in our lives. And um, it was friends, family. You know, I turned to music. Who'd you listen to? The Kid Leroy created a song and speaking about his loss and stuff. So I really, I love, I love that song. What song is that? Tell Me Why. That was kind of like my anthem of 2020. I journaled a lot. I got a little journal that said dad on it. It was around Father's Day, so that's how I found that. And I would write in it as if I was talking to him. And, you know, I'll be in the car sometimes. I'll talk to my dad as if he's sitting right next to me. Um, And that really just helps me keep his memory alive and go, you know, throughout my day knowing that, you know, he's still here. He he walks among us, and he's he's here every day, just in a different light. There's no no good age to lose a parent, obviously, but... These are tender ages to lose your dad for your siblings. You know, how have they been doing? Uh, how have they dealt with this? My siblings really just, um, they leaned on us. And we as a family were just grieving all together. And I think that's what really kept us all going was having each other and just people who supported us, just knowing that we had um, somebody to turn to. Who helped you? Hillside Ladies Auxiliary, the Morris Township Fire Department, um, the Morristown Wildcats, the Morris School District staff and families, as well as Morristown High School football team. They dedicated their entire season to my dad. Each of the players had uh, my dad's initials on the back of their helmet, which was beautiful. The Morristown High School dedicated their homecoming game to us. They created their homecoming T-shirts that said, in loving loving memory of Darrell Johnson. And there was a GoFundMe page that was organized by the nurses of the Morristown Medical Center. And they set a goal amount of 25 k The final total was over 100000 So that was incredible. On Instagram, I saw that the Morris Sussex Sports page reposted uh, our picture and the GoFundMe page. And I remember just looking through the comments and there were people just saying amazing things about my dad. It it was just really uplifting. Um, So I'm so grateful. You're listening to What Do You Know on the Morristown Green podcast. We're doing our best to help Greater Morristown stay informed during this challenging time. We need your help. If you can, please make a contribution at morristowngreen.com slash donate. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of the Morristown Green podcast and reach a large audience that lives within earshot of your business or organization, please drop me a line at morristowngreen at gmail.com or give me a call at 973-944-0530. We're speaking with Caitlin Wubsey about her dad, Darrell Johnson, and COVID-19 as the pandemic enters its second year. One of the things that stood out when I was talking to people after your dad passed, uh, people were were talking about uh, how interesting it was that one of your father's jobs was as a bouncer, 
but he he really never had to get too physical with anybody because of his personality. Tell me about that personality. I think it was Governor Murphy who said that he had never gotten in a fight, but it's not too true. Not a fight. I guess I shouldn't say fight. But that wasn't his, his preferred uh, method of operating, right? <laughs> no, I mean, some guys were just would pick fights and would say things to him, which, I mean, they're inebriated half the time, so it's no surprise there. But um, usually he would just, you know, tell him, all right, you got to go. He was a large man. You'd probably have to think twice before starting a problem with him, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because a lot of people stepped over that line and how heavy a man was your dad? He was uh, definitely over 300 pounds. I think he was like 350. But he was determined that he was going to shed some pounds. So wasn't he going to go into business with his brother? There's definitely talk about that, but there's no, um, they didn't solidify anything. Tell me the story uh, about Little League. Oh, man, yeah, I love these, uh, these memories. I mean, I, I played for the Morristown Little League from the age of 10 until I was 12. Were there any other girls playing with boys? Yeah, I, two girls in the whole league. It was really up to us to show these boys what we're made of. To this day, like whenever I ride past Ginty, I get flashbacks of a, like a particular moment. My dad and I were driving over to Ginty 3 where the majors play. And we parked by the far left field and we sat there as a, the song finished and he hyped me up a little bit and he told me a few things to remember and you know I could I could still remember like the amount of like nervousness I had in me for that oh it was tryouts that's that's I meant to mention that we were um, going to tryouts for majors so you're, you're how old at that point I was 12 so you're 12 it's uh, basically an all-boys league and you're going to try out and what did your dad tell you? He was like, just like I've always told you, you know, don't worry about anybody else. Be you. Go out there and do what we practice. And f- from a young age, I mean, he always told me I can do anything a boy could do. So when I played baseball, I first started playing baseball, that's kind of a thought in my head. Like, all right, I can do anything a boy can do. So let's go. Let's. And so what, what kind of a fan was he? I mean, some parents are or loud, they, they yell at the umpires or, or whatever. Uh, did you know uh, when your dad was in the stands? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would mostly come over to me and talk to talk to me about what I did wrong <laughs> <laughs> or when I might have gotten down on myself. He would come over and be like, all right, shake it off, all right? Like, relax. He, he was my number one fan for sure. So your dad was African-American. Uh, you're white. He passed right before... George Floyd's death. What do you think your dad would have made of what happened last summer? And what did he tell you about race? It's it's very, 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 very sad. I mean, my dad would have been distraught to hear all of that. And I, uh, I've just come to realize that many people aren't aware of their privilege that they have. I, I grew up in a diverse household. Did your dad ever... Talk to you about what it was like to be a black person in Morristown, in America, situations that came up in his life. Yeah, yeah. He's, he taught me a lot of things. And um, he told me when I, when I was young and that he, you know, there were times where just because of the color of his skin, he was treated differently. And I can attest to 
one of the moments, you know, I was I was with him walking into a store. I, I maybe was like seven, and people just stared at us because they saw a little white girl with a black guy, and just, just wondering, like just looking at us like they've never seen a white person with a black person, or even when my dad or us as a family went out for dinner, people would look at us or when we went to the mall. It's as if they had never seen an interracial family. So that was something that sparked for me. And Did you ask him about that or did you remark about that? Yeah, I mean, he said that, I mean, there's people that just don't really understand the sense of diversity. And some people just kind of don't believe in white people marrying black people or races mixing or anything like that. Did you ever fear for your father's safety as a black man in America? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And it's just him being um, black, it's it's hard. I mean, you have a target on your back, basically. So it's all very upsetting. And as a very young person, I'm hoping that um, my generation can make a lot of change and the generations to come can make some change. Tell me some of the some of the funny things your dad told you. Over. What would he do to make you laugh? It's, it's not very easy to, to get out of bed. Um, even setting like five alarms, it's still very challenging. You're a fireman. Five alarms should get you up. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, my dad would uh, come in and he'd be like, all right, get up. And then he'd start dancing. I was like in elementary school. I remember him dancing. He'd be like, come on, get up. You're tr- trying to make me laugh. And I'd be like, oh my God, okay, I'm getting up. How was he as a dancer? He wasn't too bad. Yeah, he had some uh, pep in his stuff. He definitely did. He had some moves. He didn't have a lot of spare time, it sounds like. But when he did, how did he spend it? My dad was a busy guy. He worked constantly, but he also found time for all of us. You know, he he brought my brother to um, football. Um, he would go out and practice with him. Thinking back to, like, me when I was younger, he would take me to softball. Well, baseball. I played for three years, so he t- took me to practices, games. My little sister started playing softball a couple of years ago. He started practicing with her. A lot of sporting events. He would take us out for lunch every now and then. He spent a lot of time with us. You know, he made that his mission. When he wasn't working, he wanted to spend as much time with us as he could. What were some of the other things that, that your dad told you that will stick with you? One thing that he instilled in me as a really young kid was just his sense of gratitude and the importance of having that. It shows to this day, like, just how grateful I am to be where I am and to have the parents I had. There were moments where I might have been a little upset, and he would always take me back to that place and be like, all right, look where you're at. You know, you're very fortunate to have what you have. And, yeah, I'm grateful for him, you know, being able to do that for me. And as well as my mom, and she she's amazing. It wasn't like he was the only one to do that, but... Yeah, gratitude was something that he really um, spoke of a lot. What was he grateful for? You know, he really, he was grateful for the family that he had and the family that he built. He was grateful for friends that he made um, back in college and stuff that he still talked to to this day. We've all been through this very long pandemic. What has COVID taught you? about people. You know, everybody had to stay home and 
kind of just find a way to do life with no change of scenery. But what did you learn about the sort of the people around you? You mentioned the nurses and things they had done and so forth. Uh, was there was there another side that maybe you discovered about people that you didn't know before COVID? Yeah, yeah. I could definitely say that the people that supported us through um, my dad's hospitalization and even after, there were many people that gave so much of their heart. It's just amazing to see that people people can um, really put themselves in the shoes of others and be so generous to donate. And even if it's $5, it, it, it's just beautiful. There were just so many people that um, reached out to my mom as well as myself. Yeah, it, it kind of changed my perspective in a way, I guess, because I have never gone through something like this, losing somebody as close as you know, me and my dad were. I mean, losing a parent alone is just different. We talked a moment ago about some of the really unpleasant things we've seen over the past year, but uh, it sounds like there's another side, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is. There were quite a few people that my dad knew, either from working at the hospital and even um, a few co-workers from the high school that reached out to me. But there were people that didn't even know me and reached out to me to see how I'm doing. So people people really do have hearts. It was like like an overwhelming, joyful feeling, I guess. Yeah, it really made me feel great because it just, it was, a lot of them um, shared what my dad meant to them and how he impacted them. So that was really incredible to hear how they resonated, and uh, it brought me a lot of comfort. What has COVID taught you about yourself? Um, you know, it's showed me the importance of rest and recovery. Just all the emotions that not only grief brings, but just your day-to-day -day routine. Rest and recovery is key. And uh, grief, each and every one of us is um, grieving in a way. So grief is very challenging. It poses a lot of challenging questions. Years from now, hopefully sooner than that, but the pandemic will be behind us and it'll be a chapter in the history books. We'll move on. But what do you think we should always remember? I think that COVID really had and will have a lasting impact on people I mean, it affected people emotionally and physically, whether they got the virus or not. Their lives changed. They had no choice but to to stay home. And that was their life for however many months that we were in quarantine. Personally, COVID really allowed me to take a deep look at myself and really just hone in on what I'm passionate about and um, be present, being more present in the moment, because I feel like I was, I was um, finishing up my senior year and life was hectic. I was commuting back and forth to and from school. So there was never a moment where I was, you know, able to stop and just feel the warm air on the back of my neck. I was always moving and there was never a moment where I was 
you know, able to really just be present. I feel like I really realized that like when we were um, in quarantine, I was very, I was, I was able to be more present and um, take time for myself. And I feel like that was very, very beneficial for myself. So I would think that uh, during quarantine, without the usual everyday distractions, that the pain would be really intense. After my dad passed, I was trying to make sense of of it all. I just was trying to make meaning of it, to just have that inner peace about it all, because there were so many, I was so confused. I feel like the grief posed a lot of questions, and I just wanted answers. I, I was very confused as to like why, why my dad had to, why he lost his battle. And I know exactly why he lost his battle, but it was just, he was so young. And I just don't understand why he had to, to go like that. So when people think of Darrell Johnson, when they hear that name, what do you hope will come to mind? Strength, love, wisdom. With grief and all, um, you know, the stress and the emotions that come with it, it can greatly deplete your energy. And sadness, anger, and confusion is just very taxing to your body and just emotionally. So personally, I mean, I wasn't quite sure why I was so exhausted and unmotivated all the time. And my heart was just yearning for how to make sense of it all. And I think it was late spring to early summer when I started making meaning meaning of it all. Um, I started finding feathers. similar. They were like similar feathers with the same patterns, but like in different zip codes, like all over the place. It was It was very mind-boggling. And so comforting. So that with that, like, um, I think I found the first like pair, and I was like, "Mom, look at this. This is like the, they're the same." And by that point, I was already like researching about grief and stuff, and I found a podcast on grief and stuff. So I was very proactive in trying to um, look for resources for myself. And but she had gotten feathers. So I talked to her about it, and it is like a symbolism of, uh, they say that people who have passed um, is kind of like a symbol of them talking to you in a way, um, or them sending you that feather. So that was very comforting. Um, and yeah, from that point on, I found feathers every single day. Um, and from time to time, I come across a feather, and I'm like, oh, hey, Dad. So that's really um, something I hold tight. And uh yeah. Our thanks to Caitlin Wubsey for speaking with us. Thanks also to Domenico Randazzo for the original music on this episode. Check out his work at domenicosounds.com. And thank you for listening. For MorristownGreen.com, I'm Kevin Coughlin.
stay safe.